Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. First guest this morning is one Heath Mills. Of course, he's the CEO of the Cricket Players Association of New Zealand, which covers men's and women's cricket across the board and looks after their interests. Heath, uh, good morning to you. I guess congratulations are in order because uh, you've done a good job here at the negotiating table and a lot of people are going to get some benefits. Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Thank you, mate. We're really delighted with where we've got to. As you know, these, these processes are long processes. I think we started our preparation about... 18 months ago, um, and been around the table for the past eight months. So, so to get to where we are now is you know, re- really delighted, and, and to bring our all our playing cohorts, male and female players, under the one agreement is a, is a, is a big step forward for us as an organisation. So we're delighted with the outcome. Heath, why now? Uh, has has it been sparked uh, in some way by the recent World Cup and uh, the fact that um, comments were made that we are under-resourced perhaps or our, our women are under-resourced and, and perhaps not as helped us to the same level uh, maybe as Australia or England? Well, I think the, the, the woman's story is only part of it. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a headline, um, you know, the, the jumps we've made there. But... Uh, both our men's agreement and our women's agreement expires on 31st of July this year. So we had to renegotiate both. So we, we went into this process proposing that we, we uh, combine the two agreements together, which we've managed to achieve. And, and just firstly, Smithy, I think it's important to note that um, you know, New Zealand cricket uh, forecasted revenue for the next five years has is, is certainly gone up quite a lot. Uh, their commercial team has done a great job. Um, and we've been able to secure, increase our revenue share from 26.5% to 29.75%. So, so we're delighted with that. Effectively, there's, there's more funds um, in our partnership agreement to go around. And, and both our, our men and our female players have got significant increases as a result of this new deal. But you're quite right, the, uh, the women's aspect what uh, was a big focus for us. And we used uh, Agenda Pay Equity expert Yolanda Beattie from Melbourne, who's done a lot of work and support over there, to help guide us with a set of principles that, that both parties were able to follow during the negotiation and, and shape our player payment pool. So you know, we have, have had to write the historical underinvestment um, and make sure that our, our female players were actually paid for what they did in terms of training and playing and, and time away. And also uh, now the commercial revenue they are starting to bring into the support. So we feel we've got the balance right. Um, but the, the other aspect to it for us was well, they need to play more. And I, and I think we, we all recognise that there's, there's a lot of room for improvement with our performances. Um, and one of the in the various uh, workshops we had with players, one of the one of the key messages we received as an organisation was, it's quite a big jump from domestic cricket to international cricket, and we need to ensure there was some form of playing program between the two. So, we're, we're delighted to have a North and South series now in place, an annual series, three match series, but also uh, New Zealand cricket are going to work to organise an A program for our female players. And I, and I think from a development perspective. You, you, you can't grow, improve your game, and, and you would know this intuitively, mm-hmm. unless you're playing. So, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with that aspect of the deal as well. Uh, Heath, for those people uh, listening in who are uh, finding out these uh, percentages and details for the first time, can you uh, briefly explain uh, 29.75% of the revenue? Uh, what revenue? What, what does that effectively mean? So before New Zealand Cricket can sell any products, essentially broadcast or commercial sponsorship products, they need the player intellectual property and obviously the players working on the field. So what's common practice now around the professional sporting world is that the two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Both need each other. So we agree a revenue share um, with New Zealand Cricket, which, as I said, is now 29.75% of every commercial dollar they bring into the sport. And it effectively binds the players and New Zealand Cricket at the hips. So the player group collectively is, is motivated to help New Zealand Cricket grow that revenue, knowing that they're going to get a return from it, um, effectively form a partnership through our collective agreement. And we, we believe that's the best way to to make sure um, there's transparency around the numbers. All the players know how the revenue's generated. They know how it's all distributed, uh, and it's very open and transparent between the parties. So that's the model we've, we've worked to for a while. And I think New Zealand Cricket uh, now, the number is that they're forecasting to bring in $349 million over the next uh, five-year period, uh, which is on mm-hmm. average about a $15 million increase uh, on revenues they've brought in in the last four years. So... Now the, the growth of the, the game is growing, there's, there's no doubt about that commercially and, and it's on the back of the explosion and, and, and growth in the economy in India, primarily, and Indians loving their cricket as you know, um, but the, the game is certainly growing and I think the other aspect is the, the women's game, is the men's game is a mature product, but the women's game has got real upside if we continue to invest in it and, and the interest we've seen in, re, in recent years in, in that, um, that aspect of our sport, I think the Women's World Cup here in New Zealand and had the highest number of viewers um, that it's ever had so uh, around the world. So you know, we, we, we have real um, excitement about the growth opportunities there. So the, the, the income, the style of income you're talking about, one, television rights, uh, what, gate takings, team sponsorships, etc. cetera, is, is that what we're talking here? Yes, yes, uh, commercial sponsorships, um, digital revenue, uh, broadcasting on all the various platforms around the world, the whole gamut. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, where that places us now. You feel uh, looking at overseas models, etc. Um, I guess it's all about this this uh, percentage of of income because I suppose if you look at Australia's model, their players get more because they derive more income. Is that is that basically how it works? Yeah, that's that's a really good point, um, Smithy. I get asked a lot of, a lot about this. People compare. Uh, payments here in, in the female or male game to Australia and, and look at the difference and, and think we're not doing our job well enough. Um, it, cricket's built around the international game and, and the country, the various countries own the revenue that's generated in, in their country. And of course, we're a very small market in, in, in the worst broadcast time zone in world sport. And when we're playing here, everyone else is asleep around the world. So um, it's a challenge for us. Uh, so if you could, were to compare us to Australia, I think Australian cricket will turn over $500 million uh, this year in, in Australian dollars in terms of their revenue, whereas New Zealand cricket will be $70 million. So for us, uh, the, the comparison is the percentage. So, um, you know, uh, uh, the players in Australia, I think, get 29.5% of total revenue. We're just a little shade above that at the moment. Um, but that's, that's those are the numbers that, that we work to to make sure it's fair. Uh, obviously, 
you know, we we recognise New Zealand cricket and the major associations need money to fund the the, the high performance programs and the community level of support. So 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 we we feel the number we, we've landed on is about right. Okay, so can we just go back to um, perhaps the contract system as such and. Uh, of course, uh, there's always um, murmurings and, and uh, talk about contracts when the names on the list come out, who's in, who's out, who's new, who's gone. Um, has, the, has the Players Association got any stake in that at all? Do you sit at the table when it, when it comes to those sorts of choices? No, we don't, we don't sit at the table um, because we can't, you know, obviously be interfering in that process because we represent all the players. Um, so we don't sit at that table. However, what we do do is once the um, the contract lists are determined, uh, they are sent to us and we ask for explanations for any changes on those lists. So if the players moved mm-hmm. up or not moved up dramatically or moved down or, or moved off the list, we ask for a detailed explanation as to why that's happened. So then we can we can help communicate that uh, to the player. It would be completely inappropriate for us to, to get involved in that process. Uh, and look, uh, it's, it's a niggly time of the year for everyone. You know, when a player drops off the contract list, it's you know it's like losing your job. So it's 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 um, mm. it's, uh, it's a tough time. Um, the most and, it, and it's subjective. You know, if I was to get five former greats of the game, um, you included Smithy, you know, in, in the room and to come up with your list of twenty players, I'm sure you'll all differ, right? It's, it's a subjective process, and there's always going to be an element of. Mm people not agreeing with it. Um, from our point of view, our role is to ensure that the process has been followed, that only cricketing aspects have been taken into consideration, not, not commercial aspects or other stuff players may may bring to the table you know, to, to get away from anyone being a favourite, essentially. So only cricketing considerations are, are, are brought into play and uh, that process is followed and then that there's good communication with the players at all times. For the, for the women's side of things, uh, Heath, and, and you're right, they were the headline yesterday, there's no doubt about it, and uh, deservedly so. Uh, what does it mean, without mentioning names, um, but amounts were mentioned yesterday, what does, it, what does it actually mean to the top-end player, the top two to three players in terms of their income with this adjustment that, that you've just come up with? Yeah, well, firstly, the, uh, the, the players are delighted, Smithy. They're, they're delighted to be included in the one agreement with the men and to be operating under the same terms and conditions. That's actually really important tonight. Um, but they're also delighted with where we've got to and in, in the, in the pay equity principles we work to. They feel valued. Um, I, I just, everyone feels really good about where we've got it to. In terms of um, the numbers, uh, you know, the leading player in New Zealand, if they played all the matches available, would now earn about $160,000 a year from cricketers here in New Zealand. But of course, we also negotiate their ability to to play in other competitions, um, and the, the women are going to be able to play in the women's big bash league, and also the the new or the IPL. And we we understand there's going to be a, a new women's IPL launch next year. So I, I suspect that uh, one our leading sort of seven or eight players are playing in those competitions, their earnings will will will, will go north of two hundred. Fifty thousand dollars a year, so you know that I think that's significant for our sport. I, I, I think that's. I, I hope that that's a real attraction for young women to now look at cricket as a career option. Obviously, we don't want to take away from our colleagues in other sports, and we want kids to play any sport sport that they choose. The more playing sport, the better. But hopefully, now cricket can become a genuine consideration for young athletes uh, to aspire to be a white fern and represent our country on the world stage.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, where it compares, maybe, I, I guess you look at other models of uh, New Zealand sport, particularly team sports. Um, where does that compare now? Where does it place uh, women's cricket in, in comparison to some of those other codes? Look, I'm not 100% sure of where the numbers are with one or two of the codes, but it would be near the top now, if, if not at the top, in terms of the, the ability to earn. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, Smithy, but uh, I, I, yeah, there wouldn't be too many, apart from our individual stars like Lydia Co, obviously, but in terms of the team sports, I'm not sure if many would be, would be near that figure. No, exactly. And as you say, um, one of the other aspects of it is uh, the increase in the number of contracts from 54 to 72. Effectively, if uh, you do the maths there, um, uh, that's about uh, 18 players, which is uh, coming up towards two teams. So a lot more opportunities there to, to bolster squads. Yeah, it is. The, the domestic contract was a real focus for us. Um, we needed more players uh, being paid for what they give to the sport at that level, and, and we've got that now, I think 12 in each team who will be working with the six domestic teams in, in terms of improving their game and getting better. I think that will help us a lot. Um, but the, but the, the, the important part of the domestic contract is we didn't want to be pay, playing a young female, paying a young female, twenty thousand dollars a year, and asking them to commit full time to cricket for four or five months, and then them not being able to work. So we've we've positioned it as effectively secondary employment, uh, where they're paid to play, but they're also paid to train uh, six weeks prior to the start of the first match for eight hours a week, but before nine or after five, so that they can still continue to work full time. It would be a travesty for us uh, if we force them to give up work uh, for the money that we have on the table because it would just create a whole host of well-being issues and I think we've seen those in some other environments in recent years which we just didn't want to go near and the players were really supportive of that as well. So I guess we're this next five-year period we're, we're still in this transition and we're still on, on, on a positive pathway obviously and, and hopefully in the future there will, they will be the amount of cricket being played where they will become full-time but we wanted to get the balance right to make sure they're well rewarded for what they do in cricket, but we also protect their well-being. And in terms of protection, you mentioned uh, the uh, the five-year uh, part of this deal, which is it's cool looking forward, which tends to suggest that um, moves are afoot and, and you're pretty close to settling uh, future tours programs and future match programs uh, on both sides of the ledger, or, or have the women still got quite a lot of work to do to find those windows uh, around the world uh, globally, Heath? Yeah, you're, you're right. There's been a, quite a lot of work be done on that in the last five or six months, and, and New Zealand cricket would need to talk to that. But they're, they're very close. I think there's going to be some announcements shortly, uh, which would be good. But obviously, as you know, our game hinges on the future to his program and, and the various sports being able to negotiate that. And we we we, we, we typically do four-year deals, uh, and, and I kind of feel that's about right. But as we looked at the potential playing program over the next 10-year period, uh, with the various tours falling where they did, uh, we, we felt that five years was the most sustainable model to to put in place at this point in time, and then I, I suspect we will head back to a four-year model following that. So it, that's another factor we need to consider, and, and probably was the main driver of why we put in place a five-year deal this time. As, uh, I've just got a text in actually to say, do coaches get the alignment as well? It might have come from a coach, I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, <laughs> do you have anything to do with that side of things? Uh, no, 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 we don't. No, we don't. They, they negotiate their 
deals in, individually and I've, I've always encouraged them to organise themselves into a collective that doesn't seem to happen. It would, would be a conflict for us to get involved there. We obviously do have our past player membership. Um, we're, we're a good number of past players are members of our organisation now and, and a number of them are coaches. So, so they do come to us from time to time for support in, in their various discussions with major associations in New Zealand cricket. Um, we try to help where we can but it wouldn't be right for us to, to be representing them around the table. Um, no. Okay, uh, great news, uh, Heath. Uh, we'll leave it at that. It's a terrific announcement um, for both sides, actually. The more you, you more you study it, of course, the more uh, you realise the impact for uh, the males as well as the females. So, good job uh, on behalf of the players. I would imagine they're absolutely thrilled with uh, with this outcome. So, good luck going forward, and let's uh, hope we reap the benefit of that on the field of play. And uh, after all, that's the most important thing. Thanks for your time, Heath. Thank you. Thanks very much, Smithy. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.